everybody welcome to the latest episode of talking disney this is episode 21 where we talk about one of the movies and the animated classics in the disney canon of animated films from walt disney animated studios occasionally we'll have uh, a <laughs> another disney property that we might do such as mary poppins or the toy story movies but for the most part, every month we're talking about one of these animated classics and we just, we do not go in chronological order. We let the random number generator and then we it. <laughs> what we're going to talk about. It's the claw of our po <laughs> yes, the podcast. Right? <laughs> Except for this month, we decided to talk about The Lion King because of the uh, photorealistic animated film that is coming out. Uh, this month so we're talking about the 32nd animated classic from walt disney animated studios the lion king and uh it's there's a lot of different stuff that we can talk about and it's kind of interesting because we talked about beauty and the beast already we talked and then we talked about pocahontas on a previous episode and what's interesting is that pocahontas was considered the prestige uh, film it was considered it was the main studio it had your alan Menken music it had your you know your big names coming onto that project and this lion king project was kind of i sort of joke that it was the bad news bears you know the, <laughs> of the, of the team uh they you, know, you had elton john doing the music like as random and you had it was just this animal movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i think even in with the animators it was kind of seen as sort of second <laughs> yeah help beans kind of scraps uh kind of a feel uh and and so what's amazing is that out of that is the one that would become this uh animated treasure and one of the most successful animated films ever ever yes the juggernaut at least uh so it's one of those really interesting things to happen and and so uh do you remember seeing the lion king uh in the theaters oh absolutely rachel i, I was at the villa theater in salt lake city ah. and you know as we've, i know we've talked about the villa before it's just one of the, yeah. it was one of the great local movie palaces which sadly is no longer the building's still there but it's a oh, it's, so it's a it's a carpet store like a persian rugs store i haven't even had the heart to go in there i kind of no, want to go into the showroom but anyway i digress <laughs> but yes i i distinctly remember it and it just uh i was really quite blown away by it i thought it was i thought it was terrific and then that summer it just it was non-stop i mean it was just it just got momentum and it was it it just became the, really just the giant kind of unexpected hit mm -hmm. yeah well yeah i mean part of it is they they had done such a good job marketing it yes with this trailer that, that trailer was that played in front of aladdin mm -hmm. and i remember that too you know that trailer and it was amazing because basically the trailer it was it was the opening sequence of the film that's the circle of life sequence yeah it was the first four minutes yeah. of the film yeah. which is very unique i i mean and and we'll talk about it but that that first four minutes does such a great job of drawing you in it really is similar to it, it's really in the conversation for one of the great opening yeah. uh numbers i Absolutely. guess of, of a film ever 
and what was so interesting about it too is that you know i i don't know i can't remember the details and maybe you got them rachel but i think the film was going to be delayed because they, they were they were trying to do this cadence where they would have one full-length animated feature release one every year yeah and there was going to be a delay because you know aladdin came out in holiday season of 1992 and then the lion king wasn't scheduled to come out until the summer of 94 but still they put those first four minutes you know 18 months before the film was supposed to you know the before the film yeah. was supposed to be released and it's yeah still, i mean it was so cool it was just like i couldn't get enough of it i remember every time i saw it it's like wow can we watch that again <laughs> yeah, there's lots of really interesting things about this because they released those first four minutes when only a third of the movie had been completed. Yeah, and uh, it was such a great hook that uh, that producer Don Hahn uh, that he said that he was afraid of not living up to the expectations raised by the preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know that definitely was something that they were aware of and that uh, you know it took six years to execute which is longer than beauty and the beast beauty and the beast had taken two years so this took a lot longer they went through a ton of different animators writers uh, if you look at the writer list for the lion king i, I feel like over there at disney like everyone is like oh i i, I got once it became a big hit it was like i got writing credit on the i was a writer for the lion king, the lion like, king. Uh, uh, because literally just the story there's three screenwriters uh but then there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen credited story writers wow on the lion king yeah. And, and you can perfect. bet they floated around that in their resume for. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And evidently, because this was all done in the Florida office studio that they had at the time, which was again kind of the you know it wasn't the prestige animation studio of Walt Disney in uh, in, in yeah exactly, and so you know it's interesting. It's also the first and maybe only animated film from disney that has no humans at all right like not it's even all animals yeah because even you know in bambi you have the uh the hunters yeah. that are implied uh in kind of thing i mean i guess if you count zootopia but zootopia is is probably yeah like the next one that where it's just only yeah only animals and no humans yeah in this I mean, world yeah, yeah i don't think anthropomorphic counts because i guess technically you can't yeah, robin hood. that's true because then there's robin hood you're right this one because yeah they're not anthropomorphic they're in their their own kind of mm-hmm. natural setting and if man is if man is involved they're not he's not, he's not in the movie <laughs> at all <laughs> and they went out to kenya you know to get their inspiration for um, their research the, trip yeah and uh they in the for the character designs i feel like this movie was one of the first animated films to really really puff up the celebrity voice cast i mean obviously it had been done but this was just every role 
with yeah. somebody, even even having for heart that hardly had any lines at all. Yeah. You know, you had someone like Whoopi Goldberg as a hyena. You had, I mean, this this cast was very stacked. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, it was an amazing cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And they also didn't seem to care if they had uh, they cast singers. So that almost every almost every part has a singer doing a separate singer doing songs uh-huh even someone like matthew broderick which is surprising because he's such a broadway guy now yeah uh, he had somebody singing his songs yeah as soon as i did nathan lane and ernie sabella who do tabone and pumbaa they i think are doing their own singing but then you know they're they're broadway stars too you know that's why they how they got the gig but uh, yeah it's um and then also though too the songs I mean, like with Circle of Life in particular, I guess that's one where there's just another person singing. Yeah, right? No, no one's particularly, no one's. <laughs> it's true. They have, they have a, a, some background songs, yeah. background songs, Circle of Life. Uh, and, and can you feel the love tonight? Is Elton John singing? And, uh, and then also a woman, I forget uh, what's her name. Well, um, Carmen, it's like Carmen Twilly or something. I'm not sure. I'm not... Um, she actually, when, when I last time was at D23, they had this amazing panel on The Lion King. And yeah, Carmen Twill, you're right. Uh, she was there and she sang Circle of Life oh with a, a bunch of the Broadway people, Broadway cast people. And that was oh, incredible. Cool. Yeah, that was incredible. Uh, you know, Jeremy Irons, he sang most of Be Prepared. <laughs> yeah. And then Jim Cummings helped because he was sick, I think. Oh, Irons, I believe, and uh, and then uh, Rowan Atkinson did his own singing. Oh yeah, did his own singing for that. I can't wait mm-hmm. to be king. Uh, but Remember, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting. You also had uh, we'll talk a little more about the music. But you had Hans Zimmer doing the. A lot of people forget well, that. Yeah, that the Hans Zimmer does, and his score is so good. I mean, I yeah. think that I that really stood out to me again with this with this last viewing you know so how do you feel about the whole kimba the white lion thing you know i i don't so at the time when i I remember you know reading about this i wouldn't be surprised if they were influenced by it but i don't think that they were just like outright stealing it i think that they maybe it was maybe it was a derivative sort of thing or it's kind of an inspiration but but i didn't feel like it was necessarily that they were that they were stealing it now i think about it i think i still kind of feel the same way rachel what do you think about it what's your take yeah i mean so according to roger allers he yeah, says the co- who's that, one of the co-directors yes of the film. so he says that he was completely unfamiliar with the movie but that he did live in uh tokyo i think for a time in the 1980s and uh that i guess the the animator uh asamu tezuka of kimba uh had yeah of kimba had been considered sort of japan's walt disney and that it was on tv a bunch and that he might have seen it and I mean, this is just what they say that he might have seen it it might have subliminally kind of yeah. influenced uh, him i mean it does feel like kimba simba 
it was pretty close. There's but... a lot of similarities. I mean, they're mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, like no, no question. Yeah. And I've never seen it, but I've just heard I've never about seen it. it either, but I've just heard about it. I know it's been very controversial mm-hmm. all these years. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Rob Minkoff, he said yeah, the co-director. He, cl- he claimed they did not pay hush money to the to the the people in Japan. Anyway, so it goes back and forth. The way that I look at this is kind of the same way that I look at uh, most most of say Elvis's songs were not originally his songs. Most of them were previously sung by African-American musicians or Hawaiian singers, you know, or everything's like that. And then he went and he got all the glory. Something like Hound Dog was not originally Elvis's song. It was originally sung by uh, African-American blues singer. I, I, I don't know the name off the top of my head. And I think that it's a shame that I don't know that name and that's a shame, but I don't necessarily think that that means that Elvis's song isn't technically a good song. Right. Right. Like both things can be true. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And, uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. And uh, so I don't know, it's an interesting sort of, note to this it is it is an interesting little thing like you know did they or didn't they or (laughs) or who knows yeah we'll never we'll never fully know but anyway if if you if you're listening and you have thoughts about let us know in the comment section um one of the other things i think is really interesting about this movie is that uh is if you look into it elton john was really trying to come at this from a different perspective than the Mencken Ashman period. Uh, he had seen a lot of sort of this Broadway influence to it. And uh, he wanted to go into a different direction. He wanted to go into a sort of a pop yeah. Uh, yeah. direction into it. And so Elton John, he said in an article that I found when I was writing my review that because uh, Elton John was recruited by Tim Rice and they wanted to do something different than what had been done by the Ashman making crowd and he says let's do it for kids because it's just a great story but most of disney animated movies had have a kind of broadway score and i said let's not go for that let's go for a completely different feel and just write ultra pop songs kids would like then adults can go and see those movies and get just as much pleasure out of them i mean adults buy a lot of pop records and that's from a Billboard magazine interview from 1997. Uh, what do you think about that? The idea of kind of really focusing on kids and, and really kind of bringing, moving away from Broadway and bringing the sort of pop aesthetic to the music. Well, you know, I think the proof is in the pudding here, Rachel, because, I mean, talk about a monster hit too, because not only was the film incredibly popular, so was that soundtrack. I mean, everybody bought that soundtrack, you know? And, and uh, I mean, I had the CD of it and, and listened to it a lot because mm-hmm. the thing that was so interesting about it is that not only did it have the tracks, you know, the, tra- the original soundtrack from the film, Elton John recorded two, if not three songs that were his own, you know? I mean, I mean the, just him singing on mm-hmm. it too. And then it had some, some, I'm not mistaken, it had not, I don't know if it had all of the Hans Zimmer tracks on it as well. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, it What's was inter- really good. And, yeah. I, and I thought a really smart decision because it, 
it was it was different in that, but people went for it. People liked yeah. it. What's interesting is that uh, they really do a good job of going for the hook, which is such a part of pop music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that if you, in comparison to, say, Beauty and the Beast, where you have uh, the the opening song, Bell, uh, most people, I'd say, that are that have seen the movie maybe a couple times, maybe even just one time, can sing quite a few. The words get stuck, and there's not really a hook in that song right yeah. if you compare intros if you compare circle of life versus bell it, it's it's pretty much just her talking like through the there goes the baker with her tray like always and i bet that most people could probably come up with a, a lot of the lyrics to that song uh-huh and <laughs> the same old bread and rolls to sell every morning just the same and whereas circle of life i've seen this movie so many times and aside from the circle of life, I can't tell you any of the lyrics. <laughs> the circle of life, and it moves us all. What else? I don't even know. <laughs> That's fair. I think yeah, I, right. I think it's I. It's not a bad thing. It's just different. No, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Because yeah, that those Beauty and the Beast songs are so terrific, so integrated into the story. Yeah, I mean, these, the Lion King ones are too, but they they're really poppy. You know, I mean, they're they're super. They just, it's just yeah. All that's different. important is the hook. The hook uh-huh. is this is the circle of life. Yeah, and all we need to know about this opening sequence for the Lion King is this circle of life, and there's a baby that's being christened. That's yeah. and animals. That's it. That's all we need to know. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so. Effective. Yeah, it's really effective and uh, in, in getting us to, especially because you're talking about animals and we're human beings. And so it takes an added, I think you almost need more of a hook to yeah. get us to feel the emotions of animals. It was actually quite brilliant, I think, choice oh, uh, for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for this kind of animated film. And so uh, that's, that's some sort of interesting kind of backstory. And I also, I, I appreciate that, of what Elton John is saying about really trying to make the movie for kids. And I was talking with, I, I did a little unpopular opinion, Disney opinion thing on, on uh, Twitter the other day, which is, <laughs> I was a little risky, but somebody was saying, oh, Hakuna Matata is the worst song. And I'm like, it's a song for children. Yeah. It's, and when you're a little kid and they're singing about flatulence, so, like, that's the that's hilarious yeah i mean kids think hakuna matata is so funny right they love it <laughs> um one and, of my friends i'll go ahead sorry don't no i just i think there's value in that just making something that kids just love yeah no i totally agree one of my friends who i saw with wasn't sure if we went it was if it was if we saw it together first or, or, or what, but anyway, it's the, if I can't, if I just can't wait to be King, anytime that song came on, it was like major groaning and eye rolling. It was like, Oh, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's not my favorite. And again, I think cause it, it, it's for kids, but I, I love the animation of that sequence. I know we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get there, yeah. but, but uh, yeah. So once we're finished with the circle of life sequence, then we get introduced right away to our villain. To Scar, I to know. Scar. First, first real, yeah. This is a very interesting 
that that cut is so interesting too you know puts up the title card and then and then see that little mouse and their scar yeah and what i think of first when i see this this conversation between mufasa and scar i think the closest comparison is definitely the beginning of sleeping beauty like first of all they both have both characters have obvious villain names with maleficent and scar yeah and they both are just sort of dripping with disdain i think uh-huh and yeah. I, I love both you know both of the the vocal performances are brilliant uh but yeah what do you think of scar as kind of as your as your villain i think scar is a very good villain i mean you know instantly we know his name we can see he's got a scar and and uh just how the character design, you know, how he's just, he's a lot, his body shape is smaller than Mufasa's and he's got the, the different color of mane. And so anyway, and then, and then Jeremy Irons, I mean, holy smokes, like actually could have probably looked like any number of things. And with Jeremy Irons vocal performance, it still would have worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, but I I, th- I think Scar is a really is really a a good villain. What's your take? Yeah, I mean I think he is a probably the most uh, sociopathic oh. uh, villain in all of Disney. I mean he is just he has no remorse yeah. at all for anything uh, that he does. Yeah, for for anything he does to Simba, for anything he does, and some people uh, would are kind of critical of Simba for for running away and never coming back and why didn't he listen to his father and I'm like he was under the he was first of all a child first yeah. of all and second of all he was being manipulated by a master manipulator oh, who manipulator. made him feel like it was his fault yeah and so I don't hold him accountable for that at all I don't either because you know Simba yeah, he was too, he was too young, and he, he trusted Scar. You know, I mean, he was he was his uncle. Yeah, yeah. He he, and 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 we don't know, but but it's not shown on screen. But we don't know what kind of information, uh, you know, Mufasa was was giving him Simba about his uncle. You know, we don't we don't see any of that, but. That's true. They might might be waiting, you know. They, mm-hmm. their, maybe their plan was to wait for a later when he was a little older. Say, oh, by the way, you know, <laughs> your uncle right. Scar's a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because you know a lot of people said, oh, it's just a remake of Hamlet. I feel like that's too strong. I think it has obviously elements of, in particular, uh, you know, some uh, a brother character another character coming and taking the throne and then avenging that throne for the father uh all of that that element of course is there uh but and i guess you could mildly say the nala is an ophelia type but not really um but there's also i think some biblical feel to this you know with your, uh, I think, you know, yeah, exactly. moses and ramsey's kind yes. of a little bit of a feel that rivalry absolutely i i, I think the same thing too rachel because it seems like to me, it's not necessarily a carbon copy of uh, Hamlet. It just feels, though, somewhat Shakespearean or very classical in its in its telling, you know, and, and the way, you know, these two brothers, and then, you know, I mean, I, 
Yeah, I'm with you. And yeah. I'm with you. It totally could be something pulled out of the out of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and so we also meet Zazu here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and he's I forget I forgot to write down what kind of bird he is. What kind of bird is that? It's a hornbill. Yeah. He's a hornbill. Horn yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And Rowan Atkinson. Uh, and I really think he's he's a funny. Oh, funny he's per- he's perfect in this mm-hmm. in this role. I yeah. think. And I like him as a as a contrast to the young Simba in I just can't wait to be king. And and like I said in uh, in this unpopular opinion thing, someone said that it's a, the most pointless song to ever exist. Somebody said this about about I just can't wait to be king. And I disagree. Yes, it's very boy bandy. It feels like a, <laughs> a boy band album, but you need to <laughs> you need to clearly establish Simba's motivations, and that's what the song does. The song clearly sets up his character, so that way we first of all we get the scene in the elf graveyard where he lets his father down, and that's a really important scene later on. But then also we we kind of understand how big of a kind of a betrayal he when he chooses to do nothing it really is from who he wanted to be as a child yeah and so i actually i will defend i just can't wait to be king uh because i i i think it's i think it's fun i enjoy it but also i love the animation yeah yeah and the sequence is very geometric it's really really cool and I don't know. I just think it's it's a necessary. I think it does a really good job of kind of establishing Simba as a character. I think so too. You know, I, I don't share my friend's view of it. Like like that's where you you know you run to the restroom when that scene <laughs> <laughs> comes on. And for a couple of reasons. First off, I thought it was a really smart artistic move to do that really kind of bold fantasy like animation because I'm with you. I, I love the colors. I love the the geometric render. You know design of, of, of the animals and and how, how they make the little jungle look really uh, fanciful uh, mm-hmm. at, at, the, at the same at the same time you know it, it does uh, it's it's a combination of 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 the conflict between Simba and Zazu uh, you know that they have this poor Zazu you know he's what a horrible job to try to watch over this bratty kid you know this kind of bratty cocky kid but um I, I have to say that like this viewing too, in particular, I mean, it hasn't bothered me for years and it definitely didn't bother mm-hmm. me with yeah. this one recently. In fact, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fun. And uh, so, yeah. And then we get the scene where Mufasa is talking to Simba and tells him, you know, I'm only brave when I have to when be I have brave. to be, yeah. And uh, you see uh, that he... He was afraid. He was afraid. Yeah. Uh, and you also, we forgot to talk about, but you also have earlier Mufasa telling Simba, everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures from the crawling ant to the leaping ant antelope. Yeah. And so, yeah, that kind of, when that balance is destroyed later on, you, you understand why the, everything goes badly there's no food there's no all right. that and that great in that scene too that we were just talking about how he's talking you know Mufasa's talking about how he's brave only when he has to be is that he teaches Simba about he gives that wonderful symbolism of the stars and and how 
you know, they represent the kings of the past and how they're always looking down on you. And I, that imagery, I just, and that concept I love so much. I think that's one of the things that really works so well for me in the film. I think it's in a way, I mean, again, it's, it's a bit abstract, but it's, it's, it's comforting, mm-hmm. you know, to, to think that, that, uh, sure maybe they're not a star <laughs> you know yeah. or something but you know ancestors are people that you love that are no longer here are looking down at you and, and they're gonna always be there for you and it's i love that so much yeah and also he says mufasa talks about how the kings of the past are looking down upon and upon him and that comes very heavily into play later on later on (laughs) see uh so yeah a lot of this is just building up and it's just some really sweet sweet moments uh so then after we finish with mufasa and simba we get to uh be prepared uh scar is goes on (laughs) Mussolini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's he's trying to rally the hyenas to come to his side and uh, you get this this great song be prepared. And I it, you know watching it it really reminded me of just how much I miss villain songs. Uh, yeah. We haven't had a villain song in so long. I mean since since uh, Mother Knows Best we haven't had a villain song and a really I mean, good I guess song. some people might consider "Shiny," I guess, a villain song, but it's a little different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's different, and uh, I just I love this. With, uh, I just love everything about it. I love the coloring. I love how it's just really kind of fluorescent green. Yes, that fluorescent green and all that smoke or whatever, like you know, the, the all the hot pots going off in that in that scene are so so cool I, I i'm with you in fact it crossed my mind and i you know I, I hate to even bring it up rachel but i was thinking you know this was such artistically this was so well done how in the world could a photorealistic cgi thing even come close to what this was you know the, like that the, particularly that sequence it's gonna be interesting to see what they do yeah, with it. because but, originally they said oh we're not gonna include be prepared uh, oh my gosh and, and so, but now we're going to and i i mean i do not like the redesign of scar but i'm trying to go into it with an open mind but uh it's going to be weird to see realistic lions singing that's just gonna be i i i wish they had just not even done any of the songs but whatever uh and but i just love the way the song builds and builds and builds and he's so just so manipulative and and, and then when you get the 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 stormtroopers up uh, yeah when they're all when they're going all yeah yeah it's great that we'll soon be connected yeah. to king who we all time adore like and it's, you know, it's the, so the nazis or the the fascists or whatever you know i mean yeah it's, it's, and he's just so so slimy when he's like uh, of course if quid pro quo you're expected yeah like, I, I just love all of it it's so good so yeah. good it's it's actually my favorite villain song. Oh, I hear you. It's it's a really good villain song, and you know, and I think one of the re- for me one of the reasons it's so good is because it's creepy. It is. It really is. It's creepy because you know mm-hmm. here the, all the hyenas are going for, it, and then I know I'm repeating myself, but again, when they're in formation and marching the way they do, it's just like okay, now they've become you know they're his evil minions, and they're gonna it's gonna be bad. <laughs> be, yeah bad things happen you know <laughs> under this under these circumstances yeah 
Yeah, it has a real sort of old-fashioned quality to it in some ways, too. Like, it reminds me kind of of On Bald, on Bald Mountain, kind of the aesthetic, yeah. a lot of the choices that... Uh, so it's actually kind of beautiful. At the same time, it's creepy. It's, it's yeah. weird. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really, really well done. So then we find out that... So Scar has his plan, and he tricks... Simba, Simba. Into, I know, into Stop going me. down into the ravine. And then, uh, of course, we have the stampede of the wildebeest. And, in the, in, and then uh, we have this dramatic scene where uh, Mufasa saves Simba and then Scar. He's, he has a chance to save, Scar has a chance to save Mufasa. And Scar says, long live the king. Yeah, he, <laughs> like, and he kills him. Yeah, he kills him. Yeah. And But he's so, he's so bad that he tells Simba, he says, run away, Simba. Run away and never come back. Uh, you know, where, and it's, it's one of those, right before that, it's just one of the more heartbreaking scenes of any Disney film. Yes. Where Simba finds his dad's, you know, dead body and is so scared and so sad you know and you got him crying i mean uh, it's 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 hard and you know i I remember at the time too i think some parental groups were really mad about it and and different things you know like how dare you you know this is a disney movie what are you doing you know doing this but i think it's been a hallmark of of disney movies yeah to kind of go have some of these hard (laughs) things like bambi I mean, mm-hmm. I know that Bambi is a very, very extreme example, but it's still same thing, you know. Bambi's not there with his mother's dead body, but clearly, it's very I mean, clear what's happening. I think oh, you could go back to Snow White. I mean, yeah, falling, yeah. she's sitting dead. Scary. Yeah, I mean, they have never shied away from emotion. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, every single, uh, almost every single one that's not a package film, yeah, has some kind of major like death and you know kind of thing to deal with so that's that's silly uh, but yeah the the people that are kind of hard on simba i think it's just ridiculous it's a child he's a child yeah he's a cub i guess is the correct word for it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's ridiculous right. yeah so he ends up going to the jungle he ends up meeting uh timon and pumbaa and they have a new way they're going to teach him a new way to live and you know it's kind of i said in my review that i thought it was a softer version of what is presented in pleasure island and pinocchio yeah <laughs> it's not, not quite, quite as sinister no <laughs> but it's, it's the idea that you can live your life for what pleases you yeah. Just like the boys in the island were only concerned with having fun and, and you know, that case sinning, doing uh doing sinful things. But it's just the idea that that in that's the whole Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Matata philosophy. Yeah. It's a problem theory philosophy. <laughs> and they teach him how, you know, that he can eat bugs instead of eating them. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Since he's the top of the food chain but uh but yeah i don't i don't i mean i can see why people criticize that song as we've already discussed but but uh it it it's it's fun for kids and and it also demonstrates the point of what they of what they're trying to teach simba a different way to live yeah 
means no worries for the rest of your days it's our problem free philosophy yeah <laughs> i don't know why i always end up singing on these podcasts when you're the singer <laughs> <laughs> and uh it it transitions from jonathan taylor thomas uh in to matthew broderick to matthew broderick and i love that whole scene when they're walking over the bridge i did too and singing and, and you see it more see, I, him, see him grow up i like that a lot yeah with the big moon no it's terrific yeah mm -hmm. and again and, so beautifully and artfully done yeah and ernie sabaya and nathan lane i guess uh were uh in a broadway show yeah at the time. guys and dolls if i'm not mistaken yeah. yeah and so they had to go to a studio uh in the uh, late at night after they finished uh performing and they would record that's how they'd record yeah. oh interesting their their things they were saying at the d23 thing and, uh, and so i i think it's i think it's fun i like it and i think it, it makes a real interesting scene coming up uh because then nala finds them and this is my main beef with the movie is this whole section because it frustrates me because i they were trying so hard to make it kid friendly the part where i think they went too far is by turning can you feel the love tonight into a joke oh i gotcha you know the i don't know right I see what's happening they don't have a clue that you know the, the, yeah that um they started and ended where timon and pooba are mourning that they've yeah. lost their friend you know that, that, that uh our trio's oh, down to two yeah that a female showed up and, yeah and their friend their friendship is gone yeah it's not my favorite i don't i don't love it but I have to say, almost with almost every single instance in the '90s, when whatever like love ballad would win the Oscar from yeah. a Disney film, I almost always liked the more sort of peppy, fun oh, kind yeah. of song better than the ballad song. But yeah, that's just me. <laughs> I don't just love. I don't love the necessarily the one they put in the movie. I I, I think I'm, I'm I'm a bit indifferent to you mm -hmm. know the how the uh timona puma part just for me but um i love though elton john's version mm -hmm. his ballad that he that i believe plays during the closing credits yeah that's when it is and also that was the you know that was the big radio that was like the first single off the album you know that they put on the radio mm -hmm. and yeah because this was the era of the pop usually in the closing credits you had yes like, on and, right and, and and the great whole new world you know on the land soundtrack with yeah oh, Rison and yeah, Regina, yeah Regina bell and, and, and uh, vanessa williams yeah exactly yeah, and, and i just so i love love that l john version so much i really do i still still this day mm -hmm. just think wow what a great what a great yeah. what a great song but yeah i hear you it'll be interesting again not I want to bring it up too much, Rachel, but yeah. Beyonce is going to be seeing it as we saw it in a, uh, you know, the little, the little teasers that they put out for this, right. uh, for this photorealistic one. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. I, I don't think Tafona Pumba are, are going to be involved this round. It's going to be kind of weird to see. I mean, because they basically like get it on for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in this, during this whole sequence, and uh, this could be weird with realistic 
lions, but whatever. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, this is where he first gets confronted with this Hakuna Matata is threatened. And she tells him, you don't know what your coming back will mean to them and uh, mean to the people. And he's still convinced that he's responsible for his father's death. And uh, he tries to explain Hakuna Matata and she, she wants none of it. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where we get into, well, we had been introduced to Rafiki in the opening sequence, but that's when he comes in to, uh, into play and i i really love the whole sequence when he's talking to simba he hits him with the stick and he says uh you know what was that for uh and i mean because simba had said oh you know the past it was in the past and uh and he says he says what was that for and he says it doesn't matter it's in the past in and the past. simba says yeah but it still hurts Oh yes, the past can hurt, but from the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Yeah. And uh, so that's a whole great scene. And then I love when uh, Simba remembers the words of his father in the the saying that he would always be there for him and he would always look after him. And he says, "You promised you'd always be there, but you're not." And I that always gets me choked up. Yeah, oh, me too. Me too. When Simba's finally confronting what he learned as a child to where he is today, you know? Well, and it's just, it really rings true to me because I just know that that feeling of just missing someone. And when a movie can kind of capture that, it always gets me emotional because it's just, for sure. It's hard, you know, when we miss people. And I, I don't know, I love that. That whole scene, I think, is really beautiful. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have Rafiki kind of chasing him and says, I know where your father is. And he looks down and he sees the reflection of himself. Simba does. And he says, that's not my father. That's just my reflection. Rafiki says, no, look harder. Yeah. Look harder. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get, you see, he lives in you. Yeah. And I love that moment. And I, I think in the new version, I think they are going to use the Broadway song. I hope so. I hope so too. Because that yeah. would make me very excited because I love that song. I do too. Well, and speaking of, you know, because the Lion King soundtrack was such a hit, you know, they came out with another one called The Rhythm of the Pride Lands. And I don't uh-huh. know if you're familiar with that album, but that album was terrific. And that a lot of that music got used into, you know, incorporated into the Broadway play. And so I'm with you. I hope that, mm-hmm. uh, that some of that's going to get used uh, in this photorealistic version too. But I with you, I love that he lives a new song a lot. Yeah, it's so love good. It. Yeah. That would almost win me over to, to the whole thing if they do that. <laughs> if they use that. <laughs> I, love, uh, <laughs> I love Shadowlands too. Oh, like, Shadowlands. Yes, please. I do too. I love so it. So good. So good. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just such an emotional moment. He lives in you. And you see all this baggage he's been hiding. He's been hiding who he is. He's been so sad. And so, uh, you know, under the guise of being happy, he's been sad yeah. <laughs> and yeah. lonely. That's when he sees his father's ghost. And Mufasa says, Simba, you have forgotten me. 
no, how, how could I? You have forgotten who you are and so have forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. You know, and then yeah. he decides to go back. Who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You've forgotten who you are. So you have forgotten me. And, he, and I'm not a parent, but I can imagine uh, that feeling when, you know, when a child seriously strays uh, from, you know, becomes incarcerated or becomes, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, and parents feel, I, I think parents can probably relate to sort of this feeling a little bit of, oh, absolutely. Of, you know, of what it would be like to have something like that happen. And I also love the way that he repeatedly says, don't leave me, don't leave me. And, and who can't relate to that? I've always loved, I forget the name, but the one, one of my favorite things about Harry Potter is that whole mirror. I I don't know if you know about it, but there's a mirror. Yeah. You can look and see the desire of your heart. Right. And so Harry looks through it and he sees his parents and how hard it is him for, to, for, and then I think Dumbledore says, you know, pe- people have wasted away in front of it. Uh, and, and just how hard that would be to, to you miss them so much. Yeah. And, you know, to be like, I got to go live my life. Uh, you don't want them to go away. Right. And uh, uh, it was this is a silly example, but I thought they did such a good job on this. Uh, there was a, a version of Christmas Carol last year on Lifetime Channel. And what the creative take that they had on it, I thought, is that you had uh this was with tony braxton in it oddly enough but the reason she had become bitter was not actually because of money it was because her parents had died in this horrible car crash and she had never really gotten to say goodbye uh, and so what they do instead of having three different spirits each one is it's it's always her uh mother and then then her father joins and every time she has to say goodbye to her mother it made me cry <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> like, they did such a good job and like oh, wow. I, I think even if you I, I, I don't know like even if you had just seen them just barely you know like in this i would still just ball every time like yeah. if I, I don't know i thought they really <laughs> they really captured that yeah uh, there's a there's a country song that uh it's if i could uh if i could go to heaven for a day i think it is or it's all about uh if you could if you if you could just go for a visit just say hi uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah. who you would who you would say and who you'd introduce and all oh, that kind wow. of stuff and all those themes just really get to me oh yeah for sure i think i think it's one of the reasons why this film is so beloved uh-huh. yeah i mean one of the many but but uh there's just something about this concept you know that i just think really speaks to the, to the hearts of people yeah yeah because you really miss the people that have uh you know gone on in the past and yeah you know it's it's an interesting it's interesting that uh lifetime movie is called every day is christmas oh okay uh but uh (laughs) so there you go you have him going back and he uh he gets there and he sees that everything is uh there's famine and everything is dilapidated and no food right everything's just completely trashed the hyenas and have wrecked the pride land yeah and i love uh you know zazu <laughs> he starts yeah. singing and it's a small world yeah 
I've got the lovely bunch of coconuts, coconuts standing in the sun. Uh, and uh, you've even seen the hyenas are getting antsy. There's no food, all of that. And one of the things that I think is really weird is I've heard a criticism of why do the, uh, if, if the past is the past, why do the other lions not accept Simba? And the thing that I would say, at least initially, why they don't, the thing that I would say about that is I would say, first of all, they're being told a lie about him yeah. that Simba is in fact confirming at the beginning. He says, uh, you know, he basically agrees with Scar. Yeah. That's what he did. And, uh, but then also like they have been, living under this regime that last thing that they're going to do is is go against this regime uh and i mean because that's really you know that's scary who knows what kind of who knows how they've been treated who knows what kind of manipulation that they've been under yeah. so i i think it's asking quite to me it actually would feel uh unbelievable it would feel trite not as meaningful if like the minute he came back it was like oh welcome back great right you know? like to me it's more meaningful if they're like wait a minute where were you why did you do this to us <laughs> yeah yeah and i think his mom is pretty immediately receptive but the rest are a little not as much yeah and i would well, I, I think i've attributed some of that to again just in my own interpretation of they're also kind of in shock because they're like, yeah. um, no, Simba died. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, like, who are you? You know, yeah. <laughs> are you Plus, an imposter or what? You know, right? Because he, he, the last time they saw him, he was a little cub. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. And I mean, who knows how long they'd even spent any time with him, too? Right. You can think about that because he was, he was little, and lions aren't the same as humans as far yeah. as their gestation. Right. And so they are, they have to create a diversion to Mon and Pumbaa. And my I think it's one of my favorites and one of many people's favorites, you yeah. know. That who that hula song. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? So funny. Yeah. Pumbaa's got the apple in his mouth and all that stuff, you know. It's so fun. And I think that they were just ad-libbing, if I'm not mistaken, and that they said that at the D23 oh, isn't thing. isn't that interesting? I'm it's... not positive, but I think I remember that. Yeah. But, <laughs> I think I heard something about that, too, Rachel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's funny. That's, <laughs> you know, that's a fun sequence. I love that sequence, too, because as they're, as they're really starting to battle Scar, because it provides some comic relief that works. Uh, and then they, there's the big, almost like a little bit of a breather, you know. It's like, oh, we've got this, we've had this very heavy part where Simba's returned home, and then there's going to be this war, you know, going on. I think it's funny too when Rafiki comes in and does, plays it like a Bruce Lee movie. Mm -hmm. you know, does that? Uh, that always makes me laugh. It made me laugh this time. I thought it was, I thought it was very funny. Does, yeah. does that does that kung fu stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's really good. The whole uh, <laughs> the whole, uh, 
the when the to the hyenas said yeah they called me mr, mr. pig, pig. <laughs> that's right because they've got kind of like that taxi driver thing going on with that too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> talking to me and they get in to their fight and then uh, scar thinks he's won and he tells simba that he killed mufasa yeah. And then he gets this extra burst of energy and he attacks Scar. And that's when he says, you know, go away, Scar, go away and never come back. Yeah, and, just like Scar told him when right. he was little. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when he tries to blame it all on the hyenas. It was all the hyenas' fault. And uh, um, hyenas then say, well, you, what did we just hear? And they end up attacking. Yeah, attacking Scar. him, and probably killing him. I mm-hmm. mean, they show they then they show it off camera, which or just kind of in shadow, which I think again is a really good decision. I really like that, you know, with what the writers did, the the bevy of writers that we discussed. Yeah. But that uh, Simba didn't kill Scar. It was it was ultimately it was the uh-huh. hyenas, and Scar kind of killed himself. You know, I mean, it was just because yeah. that's, uh, I, I, you know, that was an appropriate way to do that. I agree. I think so, too. And so then you end, of course, with a new circle of life. A new circle and, of life and a new baby mm-hmm. and a little re- reprise of the song. Yeah, that, that's a, I think that's a great scene. I, I love the, uh, I love that, you know, the, the winds blowing and all the animals that are there again and how, all the main characters are, are standing there on Pride Rock. I just think that's really terrific. It's great. Really great. And uh, that's the end of our movie. And they, I haven't seen them in a long time, but the they have a mid-cool and they yeah. have a The Lion King one and a half. Yeah, to the movie. And I, I, I remember thinking both were okay of the animated uh, direct-to-DVD sequels, and maybe they were released in theater. I can't remember. Some of these I were, some of them weren't. I don't believe they were, but I yeah. don't call me because, you know, I'm I'm really <laughs> anti-cheap cool. I, yeah. I, 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 I've had, I many of the cheap cools I haven't seen. I know I saw Lion King one and a half. Lion King one and a half. If I'm not mistaken, Rachel was almost like a. Um, it wasn't even a sequel. It was like st- stuff that we didn't see. It's a midquel, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, a, a midquel. It's like Timon and Pumbaa doing their shtick in between stuff that we in between scenes we're already familiar with in the original yeah. film. Yeah. And yeah, and I think that it uh, it might some of it might have worked, some of it didn't. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But again, I saw it once, and once was enough. Clearly, <laughs> I don't think I ever saw. Did they call it Lion King 2? I think there is a Lion King like 2. Like Simba's Pride or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then uh, there's... They have a daughter. Like the, the, the little, their, yeah. their club that gets gets christened is a little girl. Mm-hmm. Kimba. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. It's, uh, it's, in the world of these cheap goals, in my memory at least, uh, it's one of the uh, the better Oh, good. Of these things, I <laughs> don't. I, I I actually plan to try to rewatch 
these their daughter named K- K- Kiara, Kiara, yeah, Kiara, yeah, and, something like that. Yeah. That's right. And they actually have also a series called The Lion Guard, which wasn't half bad for little kids. It was pretty oh. well done. Uh, so. Yeah, The Lion Guard. Whose child or cub is that little lion? Is it Kiara's kid? I think it's actually Kiara's kid. I think. Son. Okay. Again, going back a couple of years since I've seen it. But it was actually pretty well done. They tried. And in uh, in The Lion King 2, I guess it's sort of loosely based on Romeo and Juliet. Kind oh, of that's <laughs> right. I vaguely remember. Because it's like Scar had a son, right? Yeah. Or something yeah. that, 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 that we never met. And, but he's not bad like his dad, but he's still Scar's son, right? Yeah, exactly. Something like, something like that. Yeah, I... <laughs> you are brave and strong to be willing to watch rewatch those people. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I'm, like I, they don't even exist. I mean, I know that they do, but I just like yeah. I, I will not watch. I, I have nothing to do with these. They're so. I just thought they were such a travesty. Yeah, most of them really are. But uh, but yeah, and then of course you had the Broadway musical, which is it was really interesting because they you know they they were trying to go away from the broadway musical but then they end up coming back to it uh you know in writing it they were trying to go away from the broadway musical and then in this sort of the evolution of things they end up going back and you have julie tamar and her brilliant creative vision for the the broadway musical that is such a cool show you know that mm-hmm. I, I love that show too and it's amazing I, I mean i can't remember the stats rachel but i Last I heard, I mean, it's one of the longest-running shows on Broadway right now, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's amazing, and yeah. and it plays worldwide. Yeah, ooh, I don't know how many touring companies they've got. They've got a bunch. <laughs> you yeah. know? I people it, love it's, it. It's really, it's really wonderful. It is. It's really, it's just a complete creative, artistic vision. Yeah, and uh, I, show. I really love it. So we uh, we have some comments on Twitter. Oh, uh, yay. yes, all about the Lion King, uh, and uh, so let me read some of those. We have animated antics says one of the greatest animated movies ever made. The story is fantastic, animation is top notch, characters are fun, and the songs are the songs are unforgettable. It really is a classic, uh, and I was surprised how kind of all over the place these these comments where it's interesting so the love pirate he says somewhat overrated but still pretty great really impressive and beautiful animation but i think the first half is better than the second the stage version is better than the film in part because the stage version embraces being a musical better than the film does uh we have richard southworth he says it has some of the best animation and music of any disney film i had to grow into somewhat into it somewhat as a kid first time i saw it in the cinema I think I found the experience a bit overwhelming. Uh, then Michelle Benson says, nothing negative to say about this film. It's still perfect in my eyes. It has one of the best opening scenes in film history. Randomly, my favorite song is the Broadway version of He Lives in You. Yeah. I prefer it over the, over the whole original soundtrack. Uh, we have Ronald Smith says, it's one of the best Disney films from the score animation, voice acting. Uh, it's just amazing. It, its only flaws were Simba, Scar's fall after he became king, uh, sin, uh, sin as a return 
And I really wished they would have dug deeper on why Scar hated Mufasa. Did he ever love his brother? Uh, Kurt Manwaring, he says, that's looking back quite a ways. I remember being disappointed at the time in the immediate aftermath of Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, but then impressed as a string of mediocre films followed. Now I think of it as a deserving classic. Uh, a couple others. Uh, <clears throat> and Mam's the Rabbit, he says, not my cup of tea. Not a bad movie by any means, just a movie that I don't really care about. <laughs> and one more uh, from Mon Jory. He says, in the past, I used to think it was very overrated, but after watching it multiple times on Freeform, I've come to see the first half as really grand and spectacular. As for the second half, it's decent, but it pales in comparison to the first half. So there you are. There you go. Interesting. Hell yeah. Pretty pretty interesting yeah definitely when i did my last ranking of the disney canon i had lion king at number 10 okay yeah i have dumbo at 11 and i have sleeping beauty at nine so excellent all right last ranking so it made my top 10 yeah and you know for <laughs> me it's just in that outstanding category just yeah. like it is one of the all-time greats and honestly for me rachel this is one of those films I think it just get continue for me to get it gets better for me over time. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I liked it to begin with, but now I really like it. And again, I really, really enjoyed this 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 last watch. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just I don't know. It's just got it all as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. So let's pick out what we're going to talk about next month. Okay, it's this very exciting. So, I know it's really good. So. See what the random number generator is going to oh, pick no. for us. So it's, it's like this, the claw. <laughs> okay, it's pick number 35, which is Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah, so the, the fear of the... <laughs> we're never going to get a packaged film. It's never going to happen. So we have... <laughs> <laughs> which I'm really excited about. That's going to be fun. It's a very weird entry in the disney canon for a lot of reasons so i'm excited to yeah, i'm excited to rewatch it i'm excited yeah. to revisit you know if i'm not mistaken i thought i read that disney's developing a broadway production of hercules yeah i remember hearing that too like they just just recently did some casting i think for yeah. it i don't know where they're doing their out-of-town tryout or anything but anyway and yeah and uh, verify that it's a you got gerald scarface involvement you have uh, alan make going all gospel on us i mean it's yeah. it's a really weird movie but i really enjoy it you got comic book aesthetic you've got greek aesthetic you've got it's it's just crazy but i really enjoy it so that's gonna be fun we will uh we will talk about hercules Excellent. in august outstanding <laughs> great well let us know your thoughts about the lion king in the comment section or on twitter we'd love to hear your thoughts and uh yeah so i i will be uh seeing the lion king the new version soon we'll have uh, reviews content on that on my channel so definitely look for that and thanks so much stanford this is so much fun and where can people find you well i'm on twitter at stanford clark and i also have a movie blog and podcast which is at moviespastandpresent.com. 
Yes. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media and on iTunes and YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, if you can give us your ratings and reviews, we really appreciate it. If you're listening on YouTube, you can give a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that as well. We also have an anchor cast uh, for, for just the Talking Disney. If you want to look at that, I'll have all that information in the description section. And you can also uh, support the podcast via our Patreon, where we have uh, lots of fun discussions on our Facebook group, and we give exclusive extras and giveaways and all kinds of fun stuff. So please check that out. Uh, only a few dollars a month could really help us out and be able to do more and have more fun. Uh, so please take a look at that. And we have our Animation Junkie shirts. So there's lots of fun stuff going on. And that's all in the description section. So thank you so much. And we will talk next month about Hercules. Hey, thanks. Bye. Bye.